Morning Liberty. Well, what's going on, everybody? Happy Monday to you. And uh, we are nine days away from Christmas. And we are only six days away from Hanukkah. (laughs) So happy holidays, folks. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Merry Christmas. Whatever you want to say. We might get shut down for you saying that. I don't know. Whatever other holidays there are, Ramakin or something, I don't know. <laughs> Ramadan. When does that happen? Well, I know when I was in <laughs> when I was in the middle Ramakin. of Ramakin. You're thinking of a Ramakin. Yes, Ramakin. Yeah. Now this is no offense to any of our Middle Eastern followers whatsoever. When, Ramadan. When we went over uh to the to the Middle East, it was Ramadan at that point in time, and that was the first week of July. Ah, so it might so be in hot. the it might be in the summer. Okay. We'll, well never mind. Could be in the summer. But this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Thank you guys for listening today. We are so pumped because we've just had our biggest week ever. So we are very excited to keep going this week with some great liberty on this podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, not the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of meaning. Mm -hmm. Because if you can find meaning in your life, then those times where you are unhappy, you can make it through those. Mm -hmm. Just like us right now, This is meaningful to us, talking about how we can bring more liberty, more freedom, more prosperity to the most amount of people. We find meaning in that, so we do this every single day. And you should find what's meaningful in your life. And if you have not subscribed yet to the podcast, go ahead and do that. Hit that subscribe button. You might be listening on our website. In fact, a lot of people listen on our website. So open up the podcast in your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe so you can get our new episodes directly to your phone every single day of the week. Charlie, what do you want to talk about today? You know, there's lots to talk about, actually. Um, the first thing we can talk about is all of this potential spam that keeps calling me. Yeah, I got another one. another one. I just showed you one. Yeah. I got an update on my phone, which is amazing that Apple does this just randomly. Um, an update on my phone that says, hey, welcome to a new update. It just said welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, basically said, good morning, Charlie. Nice to see you. Uh, we, uh, we, we stare at you all day. But also, here's a cool feature. Uh, we're going to just block potential spam. We're going to let you know that these numbers that are calling you are not recognized and they're probably trying to extend your home or car warranty. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't want to answer the phone, we're going to say, Hey, this is potential spam. And you just ignore that. And that's amazing. That's what I've been doing. But this all, this all happened this morning. I was going to tell you, I have missed, I have missed so far by missed. I mean, I ignored them. Um, eight calls since I got to your house today. Wow. Eight calls. And most of them were about extending the car that I don't have. It's about extending that car's warranty. Still, <laughs> you're like, still. You're like, I don't even have this car anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had, did you have a good weekend traveling? You went uh, You well, went down to Alabama, right? Yeah, I was going to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say this, this update was clearly brought to me by communism. Yeah. You know, because, you know, obviously I think President Trump is the one that directed Apple (laughs) to make sure that these, you know, that these updates on my phone Mm. took place. Well, it was only by government decree that Apple decided they wanted to make their technology better for you. It had to be it had to be centrally decided. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how we got all this great stuff. Right. It was all because at one point in time, the government said, you know what? I think it would be great if everyone had cell phones. That's what they said. We think everyone should be able to have a smartphone that does everything. So what they did was it was a big battle in Congress. They all got together and voted on whether or not they would allocate the money to the right things. And, and of course the government came out with this very, very perfect smartphone that you can do pretty much anything that you want in the entire world. And that's how we got this technology. That's how we got to where we are today, which is, uh, which you just, I can't praise it enough, you know, (laughs) but, uh, I did do some traveling this weekend. You know, uh, I, I also had a server, a server and software upgrade and migration at the same time this weekend. So I, I went down to Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually in Tuscaloosa. Uh, my girlfriend, Stephanie, her little sister, she's got two younger sisters, actually, uh, just graduated college with her BSN. Uh, and she graduated cum laude. Hey, that's good. That's how they, the guy pronounced it, by the way. When he read off everybody's summa and magna and cum laude. Yeah. It was cum laude. 
Is that how you say it? That's how he said it. It was just because they were in Alabama. I was like, I even asked her, I said, is this guy, like, is his whole skill set, is he hired because he knows how to pronounce names really well? Probably. And I think so, because there there were several names that obviously are not traditional English names, and he pronounced them like it was nothing. Well, good. He did his job. He was like, it was like. I don't even know what that means. And it was perfect. And then you read the letters that display on the screen. You're like, wow, this guy's good. How much does he charge? Maybe he practiced all year on how to say those names. There's no way. I mean, they have a graduation every six months. Oh, gosh. Well, I guess seven months because it's December and May. Okay. And they probably have a summer graduation. Yeah, they probably do. There's like 16,000 How many of those degrees do you think are worthless? By the way, I did the math on this. Why don't we ever see how much colleges make? I don't know. We don't really talk about what their profit margins are. are billion-dollar companies. Yeah. They're billion-dollar institutions, by the way. Because I did the math, which, by the way, so the University of Alabama, even if they only had 10,000 students, right? If, and you got, you know, people in all sorts of years, but even if it only costs $10,000 a year with 10,000 students, it's it's a billion dollars. Yeah. That's one billion. That's a lot of quiche. It costs more than 10,000 and there are more than 10,000 students. Now yeah. people do get scholarships and stuff, but usually the scholarships, I mean, those are paid like Dr. Pepper pays the college still, you know, if you get the Dr. Pepper scholarship Yeah, and I don't know why I emphasized <laughs> ship on there, but, uh, you know, these schools, God, they make a lot of money. They do. They make, and, and mostly government money. <laughs> mostly. Right. And then they get know, grants financed. and then, then look, I mean, their college football stadiums, I mean, they're bigger than the NFL. You know, Alabama holds like 100,000 people. Uh, Neyland Stadium in Tennessee, University of Tennessee at Knoxville, holds 108,000 people. And they're always sold out. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, that's insane. That's why the coaches get paid so much money. Well, the coaches only make like $5 million and they're making <laughs> like $10 million a game. Yeah. I'm just saying people get upset about what the coaches make. I mean... Look at the money that those sports are bringing into the college. That's like one of the only legitimately profitable things where people are freely paying money with no kind of, you know, negative repercussions on the back end. Like the, those, that's the only free market part, part of a college right there. So, yeah, those people do get paid a lot of money because they I, get people to freely give them their money all the time. I'll have to tell you my other the other thing I took note of when I was at this graduation, because, look, I didn't I didn't graduate college. You know, I went through a high school graduation, but college is much more in depth with their graduation techniques. And I felt like I was sitting in a cult ceremony. I swear (laughs) to God, I swear to God, for all of you that graduated college, it's a cult. It really is. They're wearing all these different garbs. And then, of course, like the people that got doctoral degrees, they got all these scarves they're wearing and. Uh, all these different Greek names and there's all these traditions that happen and they say all these weird things and there's things like cum laude. And I was like, Oh man, I am somebody. They're about to sacrifice a goat on <laughs> they stage. Might do it. after they get done passing out these degrees. There's going to be a goat sacrificed. Then probably they would charge the students about 50, 50 grand for yeah. more than likely. But you know, yeah. I was happy for my girlfriend's sister. It was a, we had a great celebration and in between Meeting some of my girlfriend's family for the first time. I was working the whole time. I was like, I literally walked in the door. I was like, hey, nice to meet you all. I, uh, can I use one of your rooms, by yeah. the way? Because What's I need to the make Wi-Fi a, password. I need to make a phone call. <laughs> yeah. But we had a good time. Lots of good food. Lots of laughs. Some good conversation. A few drinks. And it was, uh, you know, it was a good time. So, I can't believe you're coming in here talking to me about having a few drinks. <laughs> you Come didn't on. not have, you didn't ask what it was. <laughs> okay. Coke Zero. So <laughs> do you want to do some news? Well, real I want quick? to know what you did this weekend. First. Um, I worked on my cabinets. Was, I've been trying to paint the cabinets in my house. My wife and I have been trying to paint our cabinets. We have got quite possibly the most first world problems of any couple that exists right now in Nashville, I and would say. Clearly but, problems with capitalism. Yeah. 
Well, we've been getting screwed over by these companies for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. I, like every weekend, we're trying to get the specific paint color. It's a Benjamin Moore color, which you can't get at Home Depot or Lowe's. It's like your local store that closes at 5 p.m. and is not open on Sundays. So you got to go on Saturday and get the paint. And it's like 45 minutes away from our house. We've gone three different weekends now to get different paint colors. They keep mixing the paint wrong. We're $180 in on paint right now, and nothing has happened so far except for a whole bunch of stress. It's first world problems, for sure, but the you know first world problems are problems too. We wanna to make it to where the entire world has problems like this. That's why we try to push capitalism, the free market, all the time, free enterprise, because we want people in, in third world countries for their third world problems to be that they can't find the right paint colors, you know, and then we'll be dealing with other kinds of problems at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But we want to lift up everyone in society all the time. That's what we're always pushing for is how can we continue to lift up the well-being of everyone? Except so, had you had gone to a government paint shop. Yeah. You know, they would be open from, you know, about 9 a.m. to 4.30. So your hours would be a little <laughs> bit more condensed. Yeah. However, and they would have the same shade of white. They would exactly for, they would, for everyone. They would have and one so to would two be, paint colors probably. You'd would have be, to fill out a different form to get a the uh, <laughs> to get color number you know form eight seven B dash six to get color black if you wanted to get that color. But, and that would, yeah. you would have to fill it out on paper and yeah. mail it. At the mail it in, then they'd have to let you know when your paint gallon was ready and you'd have to wait in line for two hours to pick it up yeah that that would be way better we but can run to that AO, aoc story first i guess you wouldn't have comes this in with it yeah you wouldn't have this you know color problem i wouldn't have story. this this stress <laughs> and and to go perfectly in line with this problem let's talk about alexandria ocasio cortez oh i've missed her we haven't talked about her in a you know a few episodes no so she did you know she does her like video blog you know her vlogging thing and i don't know what app she uses to do that i just use like a total 2005 term for what she's doing but she does these live videos with her supporters with what, her constituents TikTok or something like that yeah I, I, I don't know i don't know i don't understand how TikTok works so she's doing it somehow and she's talking to her supporters and what does she complain about other than the fact that she has too many choices on healthcare plans as a congressperson, <laughs> that, that people should not have to go through this decision-making process where they decide the healthcare plan that fits them the best. So this is from, this is from a uh, Hannity.com. Looks like she's streaming on Instagram, by the way. Okay. It says uh, <laughs> AOC. I don't know how to stream on Instagram other than holding the button down. And she wasn't doing that. So I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. Honestly, on Instagram, it's the Instagram TV, you can so, stream to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. how about that? Maybe we should do that. AOC complains that she has 66 different healthcare options to choose from. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doubled down on her one-size Medicare for All proposal Sunday, publicly complaining that she has more than 66 different healthcare plans to choose from each year. Oh, oh, the horrors, the humanity. Okay, members of Congress also have to buy their plans off the exchange. They are gold plans that are partially subsidized. That means I get to choose between 66 complex financial products. This is absurd. No person should go without health care, and no one should go through this either, posted Jesus. AOC on social media. Yeah. So this is, you know, it shows... It shows the ideology here, which we already know what it is. You know, remember Bernie Sanders complaining that we had too many deodorant choices? Too many, you know? too many brands They've of toothpaste. Complained that we have too many brands of shoes and toothpaste and things like that. This idea that they're pushing all the time is that we should have a, a one-size-fits-all for everyone. It's worked out great in public schooling, so why wouldn't you want it in healthcare too? Yeah. Uh, so they want this one-size-fits-all plan for everyone. They don't want choice. They don't want you to be able to pick what you want to choose from the different plan options that you want. They want you to only have one option and who better to decide what's best for everyone than a bunch of people who don't have to reap the consequences for making bad decisions. The, those are the people who should be choosing exactly what you should have to do. Yeah. I mean, what if you wanted to take more risk yeah. in, in your life? And so you're like, okay, well I could buy option a, that's going to cost me 500 bucks a month or I can buy option you know, Z that's only going to cost me 50 bucks a month. And I can take that other four fifty a month and invest it. Yeah. 
Cool. It reminds me of that Ron Paul video that we we posted. In over a while ten back. years, maybe I could have you know five hundred grand in my investment account. Yeah, exactly. We posted this video from uh, from the the good old Dr. Paul where they asked him in two thousand eight, I believe, what he would do about people who didn't have health care, and he said that that you know that's what being that's what freedom is all about. It's the choice to take risks with even your own life, like that. It, if you own yourself then you have to be able to take risks with your own life. And if you want to decide that you don't want to have health insurance, like what I did up until I got married, or Charlie is doing right now, if you want to make that decision. Don't tell anybody. I'm sorry, yeah. If you want to make that decision, <laughs> then it's your life and yep. you're free to make that risk. And yes, if something bad happens, you reap the consequences of your risk taking. If there aren't any consequences, then it's not a risk. By the way, uh, I, I have surgery coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks, so I might be out for a little while in January. But uh, you know, I they're still going to do surgery on me without insurance. You didn't give them an insurance card, mm -mm. and they're still doing surgery. Still doing surgery. Weird. I just paid for it. Okay. Yeah. Like you gave them money and they're going to give you a service. Honestly, this one surgery is going to cost about how much I would have paid. Maybe probably a little less than what I would have paid had I been paying premiums all year. Yeah. And then you still would have had a and copay. I still would have had yeah. to pay for the surgery. Yeah. I would have had to pay the copay of the surgery. You would have had to pay probably your deductible, which would have been at least two grand. You would have had to pay up front still. At least. Yeah. Plus if, what you had to pay for insurance all year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, instead, you're just going to pay for the surgery. I just, did... I'm just going to pay for it. <laughs> That's, yeah. That is a monumental concept right there. And by the way, I get a 33% discount because I'm paying cash to my surgeon. Yeah. His normal charge, I think, was uh, 3000 It's about $3,500. Yeah. And I, I only have to pay him... Uh, about 2000 and uh maurice i saw your comment that's 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 exactly right aoc is saying that we have too many options we have to limit them down to your one option your medicare for all also we have to break up big tech because they're all monopolies yeah yeah you we don't they're not allowing you to have enough choice so we need to break up the companies yeah Which no is, that's a perfect that's a really really good point thank you for commenting that that that's that's exactly how this ideology there's no you consistency. Know, they never said it had to make sense, you no. know, and, and that's and that's obvious. Because they don't want it to make sense. There's no like Charlie said, there's no consistency. There's no overarching principle. Do you want people to have choice or not? How is it completely subjective all the time where choice for healthcare equals bad, but choice for big tech or if there is a big tech monopoly? Well, well, that's also bad. Well, why is a monopoly in healthcare a good thing? Are monopolies good or bad? What do you want? What do you want? It's impossible to have arguments with these people when you can't be arguing on a consistent principle. Monopoly is only good if government has it. That's that's the only kind of monopolies these people like to have. I was actually sure. having a conversation with some young cats that had uh, just graduated college this weekend as well. And they were, you know, spry, young, vibrant, young, young gentlemen. And uh, they were just asking questions. They're like, hey, what do you do? And, uh, you know, I told them every single day I try to take over the world and, uh, they were like, Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> Same thing we do every day. but anyway, I was talking to them about different policies and, and economics. And one guy had a, his major was in Latin America studies cause that was his interest. And I thought that was pretty cool. So we had some different dynamic conversations and this is, this is exactly what we got into. And, you know, the only true monopoly out there that we currently have is government force. And then the other companies we were, you know, he was saying, well, you know, what about these pharmaceutical companies and what they do? And I was like, well, they're only allowed to do what they do because of government. Yeah. Like they, they buy the government power through their pack money or whatever. But the thing about it is, is that I asked the question, like, you know, if you try to buy four cookies and those four cookies don't exist, can you buy four cookies? Even if you had all the money in the world? No. Yeah. Or whatever you want to say. Maybe cookies is a bad example. <laughs> Who cares? It's simple. So if you take away the power of the government that has a monopoly on force, then there's nothing to buy. That's yeah. how you fix campaign finance issues, by the way. Exactly. All these finance issues that they talk about, 
This is how you fix it. You just reduce the power. And if you wanted to uh, talk about Obamacare for a minute, what if the government mandated that everyone had to buy four cookies? Do you think the price of cookies would go up or down? It probably would go up at that point in time. Just mm-hmm. simple, basic economics that uh, apparently we cannot have conversations about. Do you want to talk about that uh, Texas lawyer story real quick before we get down to whether or not capitalism is in fact slavery, like I saw it compared to several times this weekend? Yes. All right. So let's talk about these evil lawyers in Texas. So this is coming from CNBC. This Texas law firm saves money by flying nine lawyers 1,900 miles to California every month on a Lux $3 million private jet. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'd like to do that. You know, a couple weeks ago, I went to Vegas and I got to ride in a, it was like a $3.4 million helicopter. Nice. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Commuting, it didn't cost me that much though. Uh, commuting to work on a private jet sounds like a perk reserved for movie stars and professional athletes, but it's just a typical Tuesday for the lawyers of Patterson and Sheridan. The Houston based firm relies on a glossy maple paneled $3 million Gulfstream G20 to regularly transport its staff to meetings with clients in Silicon Valley. And while it may seem like a luxury, the firm argues it's the most practical option. This is crazy. Yeah. Plus, Relocating or opening a satellite office in the Bay Area where commercial real estate is 40% more expensive, salaries are 50% higher, and competition for technical talent is more intense, according to a 2017 report in the Houston Chronicle, would arguably make it difficult for the firm to hire new employees and ultimately result in Patterson and Sheraton, Patterson and Sheridan passing some of the additional cost onto their clients. But the biggest saver, perhaps, is that commuting allows the firm to avoid the exorbitant cost of living and working in California. <laughs> Kevin Green, vice president of marketing at real estate data firm Real Massive, points out that high prices of commercial real estate business in San Ho- businesses in San Jose spend 12% more to lease office space than they would pay in Houston. A company in San Jose with 20 employees renting a 5,000 square foot office space would be spending $20,000 more a year on the lease alone. The numbers can vary based on location, building class, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Rental costs in the Bay Area are significantly higher. In addition addition to higher leasing rates, utilities have around 10% higher in San Jose than in Houston. And San Jose healthcare costs a whopping 24%. Yeah. more expensive. So I thought this was really cool because we've, you know, we can see clearly that California is more expensive to to live in. And now some of that is warranted. If you looked at the real estate, if you looked at California, I mean, look at what they have. Beautiful, beautiful landscapes, beaches, all kinds of stuff. So you can make an argument that it's always going to be more expensive to live in California, regardless, and maybe it should be. But should it be this much more expensive? Should they have been able to do to calculate the cost and see that it would have cost them 40% more overall to be located in California than being located in Texas? where they are. And then they have to compete with all the other people that are in the tech firms and everything that, you know, so they can hire people. So it's a really cool example of the fact that people will find a way to get away from these high taxes. You cannot just think that you can raise taxes wherever you want to put them and raise living costs, wherever you want to raise it to. And people are just going to take it on the chin. They're not going to do that. No, they're going to find they've made it so expensive to live and work in California that this firm has decided it's better to live and work in Texas and charter a jet to California every week to do work. That's that's just hilarious. And it's a it's a perfect example that just raising taxes is not clearly going to bring in more money for you because people will find a way to get out of those taxes. Hell, they so, might even move to another country, yeah. fly in eventually. Well, and that's the thing. We got to realize that these these ideas go down to the smallest level and up to the biggest level. We're from Illinois. We know clearly that people will leave very high tax states where it's not worth the money to live there. You will live in Missouri or Kentucky or Indiana or Iowa, something like that. Michigan. You go to Wisconsin if you want to. Michigan, you go over there. People will leave and you have to be able to make that a principle, which this is something that people on the left don't really like doing very much, but you have to apply this principle 
across the board. If you make your country harder to do business in, if you make it more expensive than everywhere else, if you make it a, a worse business environment, then these people will find other places to do business. That's why, to me, it was a good thing that we lowered our income, our uh, corporate tax down to 21.5%. I think that's a good, I think that was a good move. I think it should be even lower than that. I think it should be hovering somewhere around zero, probably. So uh, that was a good move. And it's, it's crazy to see when you talk about these, even if you took the corporate tax into account, these people are selling you democratic socialism. They're selling you Scandinavian socialism all the time. And they're upset and, and just yelling about the corporate tax rate being lowered down to 21.5%. But the corporate tax rate in Denmark is 22%. And do you think if you went to Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren and said, hey, we want a 22% firm corporate tax that they would say, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's what you know the, the democratic socialist countries that we talk about all the time, that's what they do. No, that's not what they would they say. They would say tax cuts for the rich. Yeah, they, they would demonize it. They would say, no, it needs to be 52%. It needs to be 70%. They, it needs to be whatever Venezuela's tax rate is. That's what it needs to be. So it's, they're selling you Scandinavian socialism, but they want to enact Venezuelan economic policies. And we have to make sure that that's, that that's made very clear for sure. Which if we all want to lose about 30 pounds, maybe. And you know, I've been thinking about that lately. <laughs> I just left the doctor. He let me know that I had gained about 25 pounds since my checkup last year. Oh, thanks doc. Yep. Very clear. And then he, he said, you know, I know what'll do the trick. He just made me really sad and I started crying. He's like, well, here's some depression meds for you. There you go. Problem <laughs> solved. Everything's good. No, no. He told me I should uh, change my diet. Oh yeah. It was almost like he said that it was on me to fix the problem. Weird. Yeah. This guy, it's, this freaking, he probably wears he a MAGA hat on his way home. He doesn't understand that there's a, there's a healthcare problem. Yeah. You know, that it's the system. It's systematic. It's the system. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's not your it's diet. He, I told him it was because we don't have Medicare for all. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't really seem to agree with that. No. Um, I wanted to bring up one other thing since we're talking about democratic socialism and we're talking about Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. I've got, AOC. This, <clears throat> I've got this tweet down here. It's amazing to me. And you know, I love doing this. It's amazing how easy it is for these people to manipulate statistics. Anytime they talk about the, the tax cuts for the rich, they call it a $1.9 trillion tax cut. And what do we know about that number, Charlie? It's, it's not a, real. It's a 10 year figure yeah. is, is what it is. It's a 10 year figure. But they get that number in people's heads. Ooh, 1.9 million, or it was 1.5. Now apparently it's 1.9. 1.9 million dollar tax cut. They and then they eventually leave out the fact that it's a 10 year tax cut. That that's what the number would be if this holds true for 10 years and nothing changes in the economy whatsoever. But then now that they've ingrained the 1.9 trillion dollar number into people, then they can start comparing that two other things that we spend money on or we don't spend money on. And they will compare those to one year figures when they, when they do that. So this is a really good example, this tweet that we have right here. This is from, I don't know this guy, he's got a blue check mark, you can let me know. Uh, Mikel Gillette, Mikel underscore Gillette. He's got a blue check mark, I don't yep. know what he's from. It says Trump gave a $1.9 trillion tax cut to the wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's 200 times more money than the cost of food stamps for the 700,000 people he just cut. Did you know Trump cut 700,000 people out of food stamps? Mm -mm. No, it's because it's, no. it's, it's not true. That is 40 times more than the cost of free public college. We have the money. The problem is we're wasting it. So he uses this $1.9 trillion tax cut to the wealthy, and then he compares them to one-year prices of all of these things. So when he says that's 40 times more money than the cost of free public college, he's using what the cost of free public college would be for one year. But then he's comparing it to a 10-year number at that time. When actually, if you use the 10-year number for free public college, it would be like two or three times that $1.9 trillion, mm -hmm. not 40. So it's, it's really interesting to me to watch how these people can manipulate statistics I think we should do a training video, honestly, on how to manipulate statistics like a socialist, because this is obviously very beneficial for them. So, so 
Mikel Jolette is a uh, he's a musician, a musician, an author, and he's best known as a frontman for the Los Angeles-based indie rock band, The Airborne Toxic Event. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know who that is. And also, his yeah. estimated net worth is between one to five million dollars. Yeah, they've got they had a couple of pretty big songs that that have uh, got some good play. Oh, really? Yeah, you actually do know? No, I actually do know who that is. Oh, I have no I, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you if I the played you Airborne one of their songs, Toxic Event. Yeah, um, they've they've got a couple songs that you've probably heard before. Okay. Um, so it's they just, just went by ATE. This kind yeah. of stuff drives me insane. <laughs> It drives me nuts. And this is specifically the, this is why they use these 10 year numbers because that ends up first off, it, you can use it to make a bigger point. You know, you got to inflate it by 10 times and assume that nothing is going to change whatsoever for 10 years, which has never happened in the history of economics. So you can use this $1.9 trillion number and then start comparing it to one year numbers. And it drives me insane. And this whole food stamps cut thing, this number's completely off. I looked up all the information on what got cut with the food stamps. Now here's the really funny part. Food stamps got cut 4.5 billion over the next five years. That's, that's what they cut. And it's estimated it's going to affect about 5 million households over that time, something like that. But the cut that's actually happening is what they've done with food stamps is they've, they've made the work requirements a part of it. They've, they've, some states were able to opt out of that and say that they weren't going to have any work requirements whatsoever to get the SNAP benefits. And so what Trump is trying to do is make basically a national work requirement that you have to be looking for work uh you have to be filling out you have to be doing charity work you have to be looking for work you, ha you have to do different things like that to still be able to apply and receive the snap benefits so they're not actually cut they're only cut if you are literally refusing to look for a job yeah that that's it that's how you get cut that sounds terrible isn't that just awful sounds Man. horrible for these people yeah and that even uh, even AOC tweeted a couple weeks ago that under this, her parents, she might have starved when she was growing up because her, her parents were receiving these kind of public benefits. And, uh, and then someone tweeted back and said, oh, by the way, this thing that Trump put into effect, it does not count for people who have dependents. It is only for people who do not have dependents that you have the work requirements. If you have children, then you are not included in this work requirement mm. so that still just misinformation everywhere so in the words of an old wise one how about that how about that cash yeah. me outside all right <laughs> <laughs> okay charlie do you think capitalism is slavery i think it's a farce <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read do you want to read through some of this so that yeah. we can we can talk about our capitalist evil evil capitalist free market philosophy yes. okay. in case you didn't know capitalism is evil and i'm going to give you exactly why all right <laughs> Capitalist freedom is a farce. The traditional philosophical view of capitalism is that while it does not provide a positive freedom to a fair share of the world's production of goods, it provides a negative freedom from economic tyranny by leaving consumers and workers free to choose among different options. This is the view of Friedman and Hayek as they insist it's just the right kind of liberty. Many generations of capitalism defenders have agreed. But any realistic review, so this, if you have that view, it's not now realistic. Now it's not realistic yeah. anymore. Yeah. But if you have a, a, it's like common sense. If you have view. a realistic <laughs> review of the market economy reveals a different picture. Capitalism limits both positive and negative freedom. It fosters a huge buildup of private power by concentrating individual wealth and entrenching corporate control over markets, along with mercilessly destroying environmental systems and thus the freedom of future generations. <laughs> Capitalism not only fails to provide a positive freedom to a fair share of the economy, it fails to preserve negative freedom from the power plays of the 1% corporate property. When GM and Ford decided to desert cities like Detroit and Flint for poorer towns and countries, they denied their former workforce force any positive freedom to enjoy the industry's enormous revenues. Revenues the workers themselves had created. Of course. <laughs> of course they did. When Martin Shrek... Sketch... Scarelli's. That's what it is. Yeah. 
When Martin Scarelli's pharmaceutical company hiked the price of a life-saving patented drug from $1,350 to $750, effectively snatching it away from disease sufferers, he drove dependent users into poverty or bankruptcy. How, any numbers to back this up? Mm. A frightening restriction of negative freedom. When Amazon held a sweepstakes to see which North American city would be blessed with its new headquarters and mayors across the continent threw billions in tax concessions at the company's feet, Amazon wielded enormous power over the destiny of millions of people, laying bare how capitalist investment decisions can dramatically limit human liberty. Like Amazon had, like is just existed. Yeah. That's <laughs> like Amazon's been around this whole time. Yeah. Like it was just a given that that headquarters was going to get built somewhere. No one had to create that right. whatsoever. No one had to invest that money. By, de by deciding not to locate, then you took away freedom from the people in that town. Somehow. Somehow. Like it was already like supposed it was, to be there. It was just there. a given that it was going to be right. there automatically. Just, just like it was a given that this life-saving drug was already going to be That's, invented. Yeah, so it said a frightening restriction of negative freedom. Now, positive and negative rights. It's, it's good to make a point between the two of those. A positive right is a right that has to be given to you by someone. Like, um, Charlie, a positive right would be you have the right to have a this cell phone right here, the specific one. You have a right to this. Now, that's a positive right I've just given you. The negative right is the fact that I have the right to earn an income and get a cell phone. Like that's a negative right that I have is to is to exchange my value and then exchange the representation of that value for someone else. I have a negative right to life. I have a negative right to not be killed by someone. But a positive right, I do not have a positive right to go to the doctor and force that doctor to take care of me. That's a positive right. It has to be given. A negative right is something that you just have. And so, and so a drug company that created the drug, that manufactured the drug, that invested billions of dollars into creating this drug, them changing the price and some people not being able to get it, they're saying is a restriction on negative freedoms. But how is that the case if if i mean how would that be the case because it's not as if you would just have that drug if the company wouldn't have existed or created the drug in the first place what you if know? they just decide to shelve it yeah the negative freedom would be me telling you that you do not have the right to create your own drug to save your life now if i come to you and i say that to you then i've restricted your negative rights at that point in time which, by the way, you don't have the right to do because the I, government won't let you do that. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying so yeah. that's an actual restriction of negative rights because they're telling you that you can't do something that you otherwise would freely be able to trade and transact with other people and be able to do. Mm -hmm. It's just it's obviously this this article is way off base, but let's go on. Capitalism's defenders insist that as Friedman and his wife Rose wrote in their book, Free to Choose, when you enter a store, no one forces you to buy. You're free to do so or go elsewhere. You are free to choose. They apply the same argument to workers. If you don't like your job or career, find another one. But other figures have seen the market's alleged negative freedom quite differently. Consider Frederick Douglass, the escaped slave and self-taught intellectual. He concluded, Experience demonstrates that there may be a slavery of wages only a little less galling and crushing in its effects than chattels. Uh, sh shadow slavery and that this slavery of wages must go down with the other the man who has it in his power to say to a man you must work the land for me for such ways as I, as I choose to give has a power of slavery over him as real if not as complete as he who compels toil under the lash all that a man hath he will give for his life this is a radical infringement on positive and negative liberty in order to get the rudiments of life most people must submit to the utter dictatorship of the modern workplace. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's hard to even say that. The day-to-day -day schedule changes, the dressings, the dressings down, the restrictions on freedom of speech, 
No wonder Douglas added, as the laborer becomes more intelligent, he will develop what capital he already possesses. That is the power to organize and combine for its own protection. Collective organization by workers. That bugaboo of capitalist partisans like Friedman was the true guarantor of freedom. <laughs> Jesus, you don't even understand that it's like, th this reminds me of a meme that I saw. It said something to the essence of uh, why in your pursuit of survival, do you, um, do your make do you, why in your pursuit of survival are you using your usefulness or your skills or your whatever for capitalists? And it's like, what else would you use it for? Yeah. You know, in 1900, everyone farmed. So do you want to use your usefulness back to growing crops? And that way you don't have to work for a capitalist. Yeah. You know, you can work for yourself, work for your own family and your own farm. You know, half your kids are going to die. Um, you'll contract all kinds of diseases because screw the capitalists and their drugs that they invent, you know, screw all of those people. I'm going to work for myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take my usefulness to the benefit of the capitalists. It's like, what else can you do? And if you don't like working for somebody, my thing is you don't like working for somebody. You don't like your career. It's the same. It is the same exact logic. Friedman's exactly right. Start your own company. Yeah. It's That's easier all you now do. to do that than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and these people, you know, they, they act like that's not an option. So when you say, if you don't like your job, go find another one. That's, that's a bit of an eye roll moment for those people. They're like, oh yeah, like it's easy to just go find another job. Yeah, it is it actually. Is. There are 7 million unfilled jobs in the U.S. right now. We are literally at the point of full employment because there are 7 million unfilled jobs at the point that people won't even take. So that's how we're, we've literally made it to what they will consider full employment at that point in time. You can get another job. Now, maybe you don't have the skill set to get the job that you want right now. Is that your evil capitalist bo boss's fault or is that your fault? You know, all the information in the world is out there for free on YouTube or, or on Khan Academy or anything like that. If you want it, you can start a website for $10 a month on Wix and build it and not know anything about building websites whatsoever. You can start a shop on Etsy. You can, do a, you can do a drop ship thing where you don't even have to produce the products yourselves. You can just make a design on a free app on your iPhone and download it to your Printify shop and connect it to your Etsy store and then make a website for your store and then market that to people. It is easier now than it has ever been to find something different that you want to do than what you feel like you're stuck in. Literally costs less than a hundred dollars yeah. to start your own business. And it's just, it's this, it's a mentality problem that, that people get stuck and they feel like there's no other way out because there is clearly another way out. There are numerous other ways. It'll actually cost you more money to file paperwork with the government yeah. to legitimize your business yeah. as, as a government registered business than it would to actually start your business. Legitimately, you're even in Tennessee where we have super low taxes, you still have your franchise and excise tax and all your your fees where you're going to pay at least a hundred and well, you got to create your corporation and all that. So you're going to end up paying about $500 your first year with your franchise excise, your corporate, all that, all your legal fees, everything like that to start your business. That is five times more than it would cost you to just start the business if you didn't have to do all those things. That's if you know how way. to fill all the paperwork out. Yeah. If you don't know how to fill it all out, then you got to hire a consultant or somebody that understands it or may hopefully ask a friend or something just yeah. to get through the government red tape so they can recognize your business as do being able to do business in the state. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing. You know, one thing that, um, you know, I haven't obviously looked this up to see if Frederick Douglass said this, but I'm, I'm going to trust the author here for a second. But he said here, the man who has it in his power to say to a man, which seems very sexist to me because, you know, <laughs> I guess women don't work according to Frederick Douglass. Yeah. <laughs> um, you must work the land for me for such wages as I choose to give has a power of slavery over him as real, if not as complete as he who compels toil under the lash. Is this, is this a joke? It, it seems to be it, because you have to work for the wages such as I choose to give. That is not the case. If people want to feel like that's the case so they can feel better, it is not the case 
But if, if I've said this a lot before and it, it normally makes people really mad, but if you can't walk into your boss's office right now and demand more money and get paid that money, then you are not worth that money financially. I'm not saying you're, your emotional worth or your self-worth or your wealth, your worth as a human being. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are worth the money, if the, if the business says, I will end up losing money if this person leaves and it is worth it for me to pay them more so they'll stay here. You have to be able to say that at your job. Mm -hmm. And if you can't say that, then you're getting paid what you should be getting paid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you are worth the money you go in and ask for, they will pay you. If they won't pay you, you're not worth it. Just like if I went to Charlie and I said, Charlie, I would like to get $5,000 a week to work on, on Good Morning Liberty. Now, Charlie might consider this because of his big plans he has for Good Morning Liberty. But then he also might say, but I don't think there's any way I can ever recoup this. It's not possible. I can't do it. I have to accept the fact that what I do at Good Morning Liberty is not worth $5,000 a week. It has a point. There is a point where the more money I ask for, it's, I stop being worth that amount at that point in time. And it's a combination of my productivity, future goals, and how good of a friend I've been over the last 16 years. Okay? <laughs> it's a clear combination of all of those things. Now, look, if Good Morning Liberty was making like a million dollars a week, it, that would it would be close, but it'd be probably no problem. And so there's the test. <laughs> if I want to walk up to Charlie and I want to demand that I get paid four grand a week for Good Morning Liberty, then I need to do my job and make sure that Good Morning Liberty is making at least five or $6,000 a week at that point in time. Mm -hmm. If I have not done my job where I am bringing in enough money to, to be worth what I'm asking for, then how can I expect to get paid more than what I'm bringing in for Good Morning Liberty at that point in time. I'm getting paid a an extremely fair wage, and I know that if I want to get paid more money, then I have to make sure that this company brings in more money. And people have completely lost that mentality where they are. And I realize some places like, there's, there's nothing you can do to make it bring in more money. And you work at McDonald's, you're selling things that cost a dollar, a dollar 39. Like, yeah, there's a point where it doesn't matter how much harder you work. It's not going to be worth any more money because you're selling a product that people don't want to pay very much money for. Except you can move up. Well, yeah, you can move up yeah. the ladder for sure. And you can become so valuable that your boss could not imagine ever replacing you. Like they could end up taking a hit on you if you're that important that they have mm -hmm. to have you here with everyone else. So you can set a good example so they can make sure they can keep the doors open. They'll make a little bit off of all the other employees. Maybe they'll take a hit on you because you're so good, you know? And at that point, guess what? That actually means that you are worth that much money. Right. So it's, it's all about raising your self-worth, your, your financial self-worth to the business that you're working for. And people have completely lost this. Like, what are we trying to do here? What are these people, I'll say these, these people, uh, like people on the left, what do they want? They want free, they want college, they want healthcare, any type of healthcare. They want a house, they want food, they want all the technology that's available in the world, they want a nice car, they want all of these things, and somehow to not be expected to put in at least that much value into society that will equal what they want to take back out. And somehow it's slavery to expect that they should at least be providing as much value in society as they want to take back out. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What I understand is he draws the comparison. Frederick Douglass draws the comparison that it's the exact same thing as someone who compels toil under the lash. Like imagine, imagine for a second, Nate, that you work for me. Uh, and it's hard to imagine, but yeah, let's and, go. And me paying you a, a a certain amount of money to provide value to our company, um, is the exact same thing as me forcing you to show up at the office every single day, and to do this show and all of this for for nothing. For, yeah. For uh, I would give you a place to live and some soup. Somehow that's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. And if you didn't work hard enough, I would. I have a whip over here. I just. 
Yeah. Pop you right in the face, man. Like you, <laughs> you being, that's the same, I'm, by the way, I'm free to take what my best opportunity is and to freely choose that. And yeah. if I have a better opportunity, then I can go take that. If I want a better opportunity, then I need to create an environment where I can be open to better opportunities, which is on me to do. And somehow when I pick my best opportunity, that person is a slave driver at that point in time. Mm -hmm. It's com it's completely insane. And I've said this several times, but the the flip side of this is that you still want all of these things. You want healthcare, you want education, you want your technology, you want your phone, you want all of this stuff, and you want to not be providing value to others to make sure that you receive those things. And we're the ones who want slavery somehow. Like you want to force other people to provide you with things that you have not earned, but you're not the one who believes in slavery. Well, and ask yourself, what's the alternative? Yeah. As I mentioned, like, what's the alternative? If it's not, if it's not capitalism, what's the alternative? Where does, where does the money come from? If it's socialism or communism or worker owned or whatever, in fact, you're actually free to choose to start your own worker owned company right now. No one's stopping anyone. There is no whatever anti-negative liberty of you starting your own uh, worker-owned company currently. Worker co-ops are legal to yes. form. Just do it. Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, like your goal in life is survival. So if you're not working for the man, then you're working for yourself. And, and what does that constitute? It constitutes what you're able to provide value to consumers or you're just you're growing your own food and building your own house and you're living like we were in the 1800s. What's the what's the alternative? We've brought up before. If you want to think of everything like a commune, like first off, Bernie Sanders got kicked off of a commune after being there for three days because he wasn't working and he was talking about politics so much that he was stopping other people from working. Look it up. So he actually got kicked off of a commune. The thing about a commune is if you're going to live there and you're going to reap the benefits of what everyone else is providing in your commune, then you also have to provide something that all of those people deem valuable or you can't live there. And it's the same. It's the same thing, only on a better, more efficient level right now. That's why mm. we use money. That's all money is. That's what I was going to ask. What is a wage? Yeah. What is a wage? It's just a representation of value. That's all it is. It's instead of, you know, trading corn for healthcare services, you know, because that's a bulky and, and hard to do. Like all we do is we just exchange all of those goods that we would trade with each other. We exchange them for money, which represents a value of those goods that we've acquired or produced. Yeah. That's all it is. It just makes it way easier in a society to get the, the goods and services that you need um, and for everyone to get the goods and services that they need. That's all it is. That's all a wage is. It's, it's much different than under the lash. Yeah. That's very different. Well, and I think what these kind of people tend to lose sight on is what are we pushing for? I, we always say, and of course I've heard other people say it too. If you work at a fast food restaurant, the absolute best thing that could ever happen to you is that another fast food restaurant opens up right next door and another one opens up across the street. That's the best thing because then you really do have choice. Then you can say to your boss, uh, I might go over to these other, other places. Now it's on you to make sure that you're worth whatever money you're going to ask for. But you can say, Hey, they're paying a little bit more over there. Plus it's a new restaurant. It's not so gross and dirty. I might just go over there and work. So, we want more freedom and that's why we push uh, lowering the restrictions on the productive side of the economy all the time because we put all these restrictions on production on the people who do create new things and what you want as someone if you're not going to start your own business what you want is for as many people other than you to start their own businesses as possible so you have a million different options to go to and why would you want to create barriers to entry into the productive market? That's what we do all the time. And that's what makes it where, yes, maybe your, maybe your boss at some point in time can 
go ahead and tell you that they're not going to pay you more money because they know you don't have anywhere else to go. But whenever they know you've got somewhere else to go, they're going to have to consider what it is that you're asking for. And people need to think about this as I know you said, you know, if you don't want to start your own business, then you'll work for someone else. But I like thinking about all these jobs as that everyone owns their own business, in my opinion. Everyone does, mm -hmm. even if you work somewhere else. Now, it's easier for us to see because we do 1099s and things like that. So so, so we, we see what it's like to own your own business technically, to be an independent contractor. We know what that's like. But everyone needs to think of themselves as an independent contractor at all times. You're going to your job and you're saying, I will provide these services. Now, they set a price. Yes, they say, okay, well, for those services, we will pay you this much. But you have to consider what can you do for you to have the bargaining power to tell them that they have to pay you more. Number one, you have to allow more people to start more businesses so you have more options. You have to make sure that you're valuable. You have to make sure that what you are doing is actually worth what you're asking for, which is a part people just seem to miss out on. People who are working at Walmart who want to be paid $15 an hour when it's, you can clearly look at their books, which are public record, and see that Walmart literally could not afford to pay out the amount of workers and the amount of hours at $15 an hour. They'd be losing money every year. So you have to ask yourself, are you actually worth the wage that you're asking for? You know, Charlie goes to a healthcare company and says, I want to work for X amount of dollars per hour. And he gets, he gets a lot of bargaining power on that. He gets to say what he wants to work for because what he does with this healthcare business is very highly sought after. There's a shortage of people who know how to code software, who know how to work in software development. So he can set a price whenever he wants to go and work somewhere. Everyone needs to get to that point. I don't you, bring a leash to these meetings. You don't. Or, or not a leash, uh, uh, a lash. You don't. A whip. And, and you don't <laughs> You don't bring a leash or a lash, either no, one of them. No, yeah. bring, yeah. Neither. And neither do they, do no. they, when you, when you go there. Nope. No. And they pay you what they pay you because there are tons of other options for you to go work. You've got another offer like last week yeah. where you could go work somewhere else. Like. There are always other options for people who do this. You have to make sure that you're actually worth the money that you want to get paid. And that's on you. Again, I was talking to, um, I, I, he's not a kid, obviously, but I'm a, probably 10 years older than this guy. Uh, his name was Nate, by the way. Yeah. You know, another Nate right. seemed like a nice guy. And, and uh, you know, we had good conversations, but he was also talking, he had, you know, just graduated college and he just got a job. And what he does for his company that he's working for is that he is managing uh, this company's talent and they have contract workers and there's a guy who develops uh, PHP and Python and some different types of things. He's a developer and his contract's up for renewal and he's asking for $250 an hour. And the, you know, this kid I was talking to is like, oh man, I'd, I'd love to make that. He's like, I told my boss, I want to learn how to do all this development and do all this stuff. And his boss is like, oh yeah, that'll take time. And, you know, I told him, Hey, if you want, you know, just spend a couple hours a week on YouTube yeah, and just start learning it yourself and, you know, see where you're at in two years, you know, in two years, you may have the skill set necessary where you can, I mean, you can start charging, you know, maybe 80 or a hundred dollars an hour. And then after five years experience, then you can charge one fifty, and, you know, 10 years experience, you can charge two fifty or whatever. If somebody's willing to pay you that, but it's like mm -hmm. you develop the skill set. Like if you don't have that now, there's no excuse in 2019, almost 2020. God, it's almost 2020. It is. There's no excuse. Zero. You can literally learn how to set up a business or do anything you want on the internet. And guess what? If you don't have a computer or an iPhone, I don't even know how you're listening to this, but, but if you are, you can still go to the library, which is funded by the government and they have the <laughs> internet there, Yeah. by the way. Even in our tiny little town of 1,200 people, well, there was a Vienna Public Library. Which, by the way, the, the, the government, the Census Bureau, stopped counting the amount of people that had cell phones once it hit 99%. Because so, it's pretty much 100. Because everyone has one. Right. Yeah. So so you can, whatever you want to do, you can go to the library. It doesn't matter. The education is available to you. Now, if this was 1,700, maybe it was a little more difficult and you still had to work on your family farm. But you can, you get one life. 
you get one life and the question is what do you want to do with it you know do you want to be as successful as you possibly can do you want to solve world hungry do you, whatever you want to do with this life you can do it you just go learn the skills necessary to accomplish those goals and it it doesn't take even going to college like i didn't i didn't graduate i went to one year of nursing school and yeah. they i didn't even get an lpn man well, Which and obviously, the first, that's the first step. Since you didn't go to college, you struggle to earn a living wage now. No, no. not at all. No, no. <laughs> I, I just started my own business. Yeah. Said, hey, these are the skills I've learned. Are you willing to pay me for them? And lots of people go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure will actually sign me up because I have a lot of problems and I need my problems solved. Go solve mm. a problem. Figure out what you want to do. It's not. Uh, there's no excuse. I'm just tired of excuses. That's what That's, I'm tired of. I can't remember who said it, but the, the great thing is that you can get whatever you want in this life if you help enough people get what they want. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the guy that's like a motivational guy that said that, but it's it's clearly, it's truly the case under capitalism that as long as you're not working within a, a government-backed monopoly, whatever that might be, you're only going to make money in capitalism by solving problems for people, by giving people something that they want. And that's the beauty of a free market. That's the beauty of free enterprise. And acting like somehow under socialism, we would still have all of these things, all these great things that we have that were created under the free market, under the mostly free market, that we would still have those. And there would still be all of these spoils to sep to spread out around everyone, by the way. This mentality that you want to redistribute the money made from capitalism, but you also want to destroy capitalism. I don't, I, don't see how that, I don't see how that ideology really plays out to make any sense. But hey, no one ever said it had to make sense. Yeah, so, you're using capitalism to complain about capitalism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You do the math. It, it just doesn't add up. And then, you know, a little gratitude would go a long way. It like, would. God... Look at how far we've come. It's unbelievable. Yeah. There's never been a better time to be alive. We talk about this all the time. That's why you laugh, like, by the way. I was cut in. You keep going. You cut in when they said the, um, oh, crap, what was it? The dictatorship of the modern workplace yeah. or something like that? Yeah. You just had, yeah, dictatorship of the modern workplace. That's yeah. why we both laughed at that point in time. Like, come on, man. So crazy. Whoever you are, I don't, well, maybe it's a woman. I don't know. Whoever you are that wrote this, I don't know what your name is, but just think about it. Take two seconds and imagine what your life would be like right now if you were growing up in 1894. Yeah. Like, what would you be doing? There is a 90% chance if you made, if you were alive, if you made it to your 10th birthday, let's say that you would be out in the field. Or if you were a woman, you'd probably be at home taking care of kids, setting the table and cleaning the house or washing the dishes, washing clothes, whatever it is. If you were a man, you were out farming. Yeah. You were trying to grow some grain so you didn't starve to death. You have to ask yourself whether or not, do you truly believe that your standard of living and that the standard of living for the ordinary people would be better if America had never existed or had never been a free market country? Do you really think that the standard of living for people would be higher than what it is right now? And what basis do you have to form that opinion on whatsoever? Probably wouldn't even exist. By even the, the way. things that these socialist countries spread out are things that were invented here or innovated here by evil capitalist people. Okay. So where would those socialist countries be if not for all of the things that we created here or that we, we made better here and made more affordable, affordable here? They wouldn't be anywhere. They'd be stuck somewhere in the 1800s right now. And would you really have a better standard of living at that point in time? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. All right, I mean, guys. I mean, you know, you have a one in 400 trillion chance of being a human being. Yeah. So like, had we not advanced to where we are, you 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 probably wouldn't exist, man. <laughs> probably not. Uh, it's just, okay, it's unbelievable. Well, that happy Monday, everyone. <laughs> I hope you guys all have a great rest of your week. We will be enjoy here. your capitalist slavery out there. Enjoy the rest of your slave day, where you get to go home when you want to, or choose to go somewhere else if you want to. You know, just enjoy it. 
just in have some gratitude for the standard of living and ask what you would be doing if it were the year 1850, what would your day really look like at that point in time? It would be terrible is what it would be. So just imagine that and try to have a little bit of gratitude for the system that we live in right now. Guys, go follow us at Good Morning Liberty on Instagram, at Good AM Liberty on Twitter. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to our website, like 50,000 other people did just this weekend. Go to our website, goodmorningliberty.us, if you want to read some great articles on politics and economics. Charlie, take us out. Yeah, another way to support this show, guys, a couple things. One, leave, leave us a rating and review yeah. on iTunes, on Facebook, wherever you want. Take the one minute it takes to leave us five stars. Tell us what you like about the show. Uh, you know, the most recent review that I saw was really cool because this guy's like, hey, I'm I'm a pretty staunch conservative. However, these guys are so great. They're opening up my mind to their form of libertarianism. Yeah. And I want to think, I want to talk about that some this week too, because I had some interesting conversations over so, the weekend. So it's like, thank you for that because you know, we, it's not, you know, we're not really even tied to li the libertarian party, although Nate is a card carrying libertarian now. Yeah. However, it's like, I care about advancing Liberty. I want people to live the best lives they could possibly live. And the only way to do that is to give the people the freedom that they need to do the things that they need to, and that, that that's how you are able to live the best life possible to take your ideas and present them to the world. Like how great is that? Uh, you know, for the longest time in human history, you could never do that ever. And we, now we have that freedom and I want more of it. I want more Liberty for more people. So uh, leave a rating and review. More people can find us that way. Also, you can directly spend your hard earned, Slavery cash <laughs> built by this evil conglomerate of capitalism. <laughs> and you can give that to us because we know what to do with it better than you do. <laughs> exactly. So take your slave wages uh, and go to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop or gmlconnect.com. And we've got some great coffee mugs like Bernie Lies. Uh, we've got free Snowden. Um, there's hoodies on there cause it's getting cold outside. It is cold outside. Actually, Christmas is just around the corner. You can get your favorite communist uncle, some Liberty merchandise, which you should do absolutely. Uh, and do all that. That helps support the show gmlconnect.com. And there's a button on there that says shop and you have all of our links to everything that's Nate has mentioned to go follow, leave a review and everything. So guys, if you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow to do this all over again. I hope you guys have a good day. And a good morning, Liberty.